0: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another UK Motor Talk Grand Prix review. This time round, we'll be looking at the 2022 Miami Grand Prix. Initial thoughts of the weekend. Uh, that's quite a spectacular venue, isn't it? It, uh, I mean, very American, but funnily enough, it's in America. So, what would you expect? It was. Um, Impressive to say the least. The the scale of the place, the spectacle of the place, the the track looping in and around the Miami Dolphins Hard Rock Stadium. It was uh, it was quite a sight to behold. Yeah, some really quick sections. You know, a little bit of Suzuka in there, a bit of Silverstone in there. Very tight, fiddly little chicane, which I think most of the drivers weren't too much of a fan of. But every corner needs a mix, really. Whether they uh, they fiddle around with that little bit for next time round. Uh, I'm not too sure, but I think I did it a disservice uh, last time, Brent, when we were chatting after Imola, saying that it was a, you know a, a street circuit and and you kind of you know governed by the the geography of the place that that you're putting the circuit in. But I think they'd they'd sort of started with a blank canvas really and just sketch what they wanted to on the inside. So uh, hats off to them. Not uh, not too sure about the fake marina and, and the boats, but. Actually, I think to be fair, if I was going to sit there and watch a race, I I would have quite liked to have watched it on one of those. Not sure about the prices really. I think the most of the tickets were changing hands for well, I think the the cheapest entry ticket was five, six, seven hundred dollars, but most most people were paying upwards of two thousand dollars just for a general entrance ticket, which is um, which is a bit daft to me. I thought there was a a bit too much glitz and glamour, a few too many celebrities there to only be seen there and. I don't know, from the, uh, from the grid walks and Martin Brundle's interviews, you can tell that, that they weren't there and they weren't interested in the actual racing. They were there just to be seen. But it always amazes me when, uh, when they're there to be seen, yet don't want to give an interview or don't want to chat to everyone uh, to the point of being rude. But um, there we are. That's a, a debate probably for uh, another time, I think interesting build-up to the weekend don't normally chat too much about free practice because most of it tends just to be uh, just to be that practice and you can never read too much into it but none of the drivers managed any any real long runs in the build-up in free practice one two or three i think i mean Verstappen had uh, tapped the wall in free practice ones so He had gearbox issues in free practice two um, so very limited running for him uh, Bottas, science, Ocon had all hit the wall in the practice sessions should have probably popped a bit of Tech Pro barrier on uh, on the turn as Science had gone off and knock and had gone off there and and both seemed a bit uh, a bit smacked up or more smacked up than you would expect them to be for the, um, the speed that they hit the wall. So it would be nice if uh, if you've got a corner like that, you know, understand the need for punishing a mistake. Not everything should be acres and acres of runoff, but at the very least uh, a layer or two of tech pro barrier doesn't go amiss if it uh if it helps a driver's injury if, if you're hitting the tech pro at that speed there's absolutely no doubt you're out of the session you're out of the race you're out of qualifying whatever session you happen to be in when you hit it but i think if uh if there's the ability to put tech pro there rather than having a solid concrete wall if it's that close it, you know as long as you rip a wheel off that's that's enough punishment for the driver they're out of the section there's uh, there's no need for having um more injuries or uh, more risk to the drivers than is necessary. On to Q1 then. Uh, no, Esteban Ocon, uh, just too much damage from his smash into the wall in uh, in free practice three. Lots of drivers still look look like they were learning. I think the the lack of running and interruption in uh, in the free practice sessions. Lots of them seem to be exploring and and trying to find the limits. Alonso, brush, brush, just flick the wall, just brush the wall ever so slightly, heading on to the long back straight, so he was clearly pushing hard early on. Lovely little duel between uh, the Red Bulls and the Ferraris. Red Bull setting the early pace and then Ferraris just upping the ante a bit. Lots of traffic in uh, in, in the end of the, the session there. Um, Alonso, from his earlier brush with the wall and, and a mistake had... Um, Needed a lap and delivered that quite well, so um, we, we lost Ocon, or well, didn't have Ocon in the first place. Uh, Latifi, Alban, Joe, and Magnussen all went out. Uh, Q2 again, Red Bulls came out and set the early pace. Russell was pushing very, very hard. Uh, I think we'll have a little chat about Russell, and we'll have a little chat about science at the end in our in our roundup. But yeah, Russell was uh, was pushing really, really, really hard. Odd from Mercedes. They'd had uh, they'd had very good or very good build up of pace across the practice sessions and and looked genuinely quick. And I think their pace was genuinely quick. It just seemed to disappear and disappear and disappear as the weekend went on, rather than building up as the weekend went on. Um, Sonoda flicked the wall again, just like Alonso. Um, but at the end of the session, we lost Mick Schumacher, Daniel Ricciardo. Not, um, again, I think he had uh, an issue. Couldn't fire up the car in time or we'll get out in time. So not uh, not ideal for him. Also lost Vettel, Russell and Alonso. So there's a quite quite a bit of talent to be losing at uh, the end of Q2 there. Q3, um, first runs out. Yeah, Verstappen, uh, Red Bull setting the early pace again. Just Pip Charles Leclerc. Really, really close between uh, the Ferraris and the Red Bulls in the first runs. You know, point zero six four and 0.080 were the gaps. Um, it's it's good to see those cars nice and evenly matched, particularly in qualifying. Final run to the Clerk was uh, was flying. Science was uh, was looking quicker than Leclerc actually in the early part of the lap. Just lost little bits as the lap went on. So uh, a bit like Mercedes started uh, started their weekend strongly. Science started his lap strongly, and uh, and just tailed off at the end. Verstappen was uh, was pushing mega hard, well a bit too hard, ended up going off. So it was, uh, yeah, Charles Leclerc on the pole from Carlos Sainz, uh, Verstappen in third, Perez fourth, uh, Bottas up in fifth again, very impressive out qualifying, Hamilton. So that probably gave him uh, calls to be happy. Gasly in seventh, Lando Norris eighth, Tsunoda ninth, and Lance Stroll in tenth. <laughs> onto race day as well as a, a, a million celebrities roaming around the place just generally being peculiar and, and not really doing much Um but we won't get into that again. Big drops of rain, huge huge globs of rain hoping for a wet race that that would have certainly spiced the action up over the weekend being a tad warm out there it all dried out very quickly so uh, no hint of a, of a wet race at all, at all which was um I think probably given how uh, how the race ended up developing, spoiler alert, I think a bit of rain would have probably been a good thing for it. Uh, but we couldn't get the Aston Martins onto the grid, they had a, a fuel temperature issue, uh, meant that they couldn't take the start, so pit lane start for the pair of them. Uh, all the drivers seemed to start on the medium tyres, apart from uh, the Aston Martins, Latifi, Ocon and Russell. On the start, great start from from Charles Leclerc, I mean it's it's... It seems to be this year that when he can qualify on pole, he starts on the pole. He makes a good start, and he leads the race certainly early doors, and and always looks very comfy and happy. He seems to be uh, quite happy. It reminds me of Vettel a lot in um, in the 2010, 11, 12, 13 period, where if he uh, if his uh, his modus operandi was just to bang it on pole, get a good start, break the DRS, and and just control the race from there, and that seems to be what Charles is very good at. Off the line, it was a great move from Verstappen around the outside of Sainz into turn one, so I got past him properly in the, the run into turn two. Ferrari, first and second on the grid, what Charles Leclerc really, 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 really needed was to have Carlos behind him into the first and second corner to manage a bit of a gap. You know, Carlos just manage the pace a little bit, give Charles a chance to to sprint off you know or give it just two three four five laps for the Ferraris to get away maybe just just stick with each other and and try and build that gap to Red Bull but I think all the time that the the Red Bulls and the Ferraris are so evenly matched but the Red Bulls seem to have uh, much better straight line pace. Shull needs that he needs a, I don't want to say a wingman or a rear gunner, because I think Carlos is, is far, far better than that. But either Ferrari drive, you know, flip it round. If, if Sainz is on pole and Charles is second, whoever's leading into that first corner needs their teammate there just to to help them and give them that gap. Otherwise, Ferrari are kind of fighting with with one on time behind their back, I think. All clean and tidy over the first lap. Again, it still just felt to me like there was a, a bit of learning going on. Lots of the drivers were, were worried about the... The tarmac and the and the the surface and the grip and the material. Nobody in 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 all the run up to it, uh, everybody just said the surface wasn't wasn't up to um up to the standard that they uh, they needed. And I think that the lack of grip offline, particularly, but the amount of marbles that seemed to be offline straight away. Well, even just in qualifying, you can see the marbles building up offline. Doesn't always lend itself to great racing if uh, if you're going to be offline trying to outbreak somebody whether it's up the inside and having to take a tighter line or trying to go around the outside and and carry more speed you need that grip offline to be able to do that so i think probably the overall cause for for lack of some good racing and some good wheel-to-wheel racing and passing and repassing this weekend was the the track surface just not seeming to allow that but i think the uh, the amount of money they must have thrown at the venue uh, I don't think they'll have an issue to uh, to look at it and, and retarmac it or resurface it in uh, in certain places if they need, or even do the whole thing. I think the the expense they've gone to of the whole circuit to uh, to simply resurface it for next year is probably not too much of a stretch of the budget. I wouldn't have thought. Well, not if you're charging a couple of thousand dollars a ticket for everybody to get in anyway. First couple of laps up to uh, up to lap eight, I think it was. Shoulder clear had looked. Fairly comfortable uh, out in the lead, over a second uh, gap to Verstappen in second. Uh, then seemed to get a bit of uh, bit of graining, um, so Verstappen could uh, could just chip away at that lead, close up to him. Got within uh, DRS range on lap eight, had a huge gain in uh, difference, closed the gap right up on the back straight, and got past uh, into turn one on lap nine. And from I mean then on, just just sort of looked a bit imperious, really. Schell just didn't really seem to have too much of an answer. Tire just seemed to get worse and worse and worse for Schell, and then uh, then got through it and seemed to um seemed to get through the graining phase okay, but could only match Verstappen's pace. So if um. <sighs> a different track surface, could, uh, could Charles have lived with him for a bit and then got back at him or would the graining not have been so bad and, uh, and Verstappen wouldn't have got past him in the first place? Well I guess we'll never know but that seemed to be the uh, the story of the early part of the race and really sealed the, uh, the win for Verstappen. Up and down the grid there was a, a few decent scraps but more sort of uh, gaps closed up and a bit of racing caused by slow pit stops really. A slow stop for Alonso so he had uh, um, a good scrap actually with uh, with Lance Stroll, some good racing between those two. Great move on Latifi by Vettel so uh, some good uh, good racing lower down the order but a slow stop for Lando Norris so that meant he got passed by Magnus and Vettel and Stroll. Uh, and then at that stage few uh, sensor issues, engine issues um, for uh, for Perez seemed to lose pretty much all of the hybrid power and then a reset and, and a bypass and a forced fail of a couple of sensors or a sensor or two uh, seemed to get most of it back. I don't think he had, uh, he had quite peak power out of it and then as I say really just flicking through the notes most of it is sort of when people stopped and what Tires—they stop for really, so that's that's probably not the the most interesting thing to uh, to run through. It's all just uh, just a bit flat in uh, in the middle of the race, really. Verstappen just quietly marching on, building up his lead. I mean, there's yeah, a very big gap. There was a, a bit of contact between Alonso and Gasly. Uh, well, I say a bit of contact. Alonso sort of smashed Gasly off the track fairly well, um but got a five-second penalty for that. And I think afterwards he said, "Yeah, that was." Pretty much fair enough, so he uh, he took that on the chin. Um, not that really he had much of a, a choice with it really, but uh a bit of damage to Gasly's car, I think, was a contributing factor in uh, in the the shunt or the moment of the race really, or the probably the most exciting part of the race, the uh, the shunt between Gasly and Norris. Possibly one of those things I don't think either was was particularly irritated at the other afterwards. One of those things and, and I think Gasly had a few issues getting the car turned. Uh, so we had the uh, the virtual safety car, Russell, who'd um, stayed out and, and gambled on something along the lines of a safety car or virtual safety car later on in the race. That gamble paid off very well for him. Full safety car out, so a bit of a slight shuffle of the order, but I was really excited as uh, as everybody had come into the pits. I think we had Perez, Vettel, Ocon, Ricardo all in the pits. So as everybody had pitted and the safety car was leading them round, we had drivers on old hard tires old medium tires new medium tires new you know just a really good selection of of different tires different ages of tires on cars all the way up and down the grid so i mean really in in theory at that stage perez on uh, on a new set of uh, of medium tires uh, was probably a good shout for the win I think at that stage if uh, if he could have closed up or well might not have been allowed to challenge for the win too much but certainly would have been looking to make the jump from fourth up to uh third or well probably second I think it was uh, was the least of his uh his aims at that stage good scrap between Bottas he ran wide allowed Russell and Hamilton to get past Charles Leclerc on uh on Verstappen uh, had a little go, had a little look, and and Perez scrapping with signs. So it was lots of uh, lots of good scraps. Uh, Russell getting past Lewis, but uh, ran slightly wide. So I think just discretion rather than than waiting for a penalty or anything like that. Let Lewis back through, but he got past him a couple of laps later. So it was uh, didn't really matter whether he uh, ran wide and got that advantage in the first place, as he got past him anyway. Um Perez had a, a good dive up Science into turn one but locked up. Um but Science was uh, was on it and could see that one coming, so just allowed him to do his thing and, and drove round him accordingly. So really good racecraft from Science. Good solid race towards the end actually from Science. He looked uh, he looked calm and composed from a tough couple of weekends. Uh and not the best start to the race. He was uh, he looked he looked good later on. But I do think his uh poor start Sort of hampered uh, hampered a chance at a Ferrari victory this weekend, really, and then uh, a smash between Schumacher and, uh, and Vettel. Much as Vettel is is mentoring and, and helping Mick through his uh, his Formula One journey, yeah, probably the the pair of them I think need to have a uh, have a discussion there. The shunt between the pair of them, not a racing incident, I think, with uh, probably with a little bit more to be parked. 60, 40, 65, 35. I would say in uh, at the detriment of Mick Schumacher. Just a bit optimistic into there. Um, I mean, Vettel did uh, did turn in reasonably hard and, and didn't leave much room on the inside but there was still room when they collided. I think Schumacher had uh, had just left it a bit late and carried just a bit too much speed into there and didn't really have a, a substantial amount of his car alongside him. I mean it was a sort of front wheel-ish to, uh, to just in front of the rear wheel but a shame really. I think Mick had driven really well uh, all weekend and seems to be um, getting to grips with this car and, and building up to it trait of, uh, of Schumacher all the way through his career really has been um, takes a bit of time to build up and get used to it but seems to realize a very high potential when he does get there uh, even if his starting point isn't that high. Annoying for Mick I think it would have been good to see him score his, uh, his first point but I think he was wanting to go for a couple of points rather than a point was uh, was ultimately his undoing but yeah, Vettel was out lengthy pit stop for uh, for Mick to uh, change front wing and do a few other bits and pieces. Put paid to his race really. Leclerc was uh, was giving Verstappen a good run for his money and, and pushing on as as hard as he could. But Verstappen held on and um, and duly took the win. And um, yeah, it was a masterclass pretty much from uh, from Verstappen in uh, in just how to follow for a bit, bide your time, get past when the time is right, and and lead the race from there really. So. Verstappen from Leclerc, uh, signs held on to P3, Verstappen in 4th, uh, Russell finished ahead of Lewis, uh, Russell in 5th, Lewis in 6th, Bottas in 7th in after just running that bit wide and getting passed by the pair of them, well that will probably irritate him a little bit, Ocon in 8th, uh, Alonso crossed the line in ninth, uh, but subsequently got uh, another penalty, I think it was um, leaving the track and gaining a lasting advantage at some point, um, so he dropped down the order. Um, Alban, Ricardo, slightly anonymous race from Ricardo, really, unfortunately. Lance Stroll, Sonoda, Latifi, Magnuson, and finished last on the road was Mick Schumacher. So, yeah, disappointment for him at the end. Closed the uh, the championship standings up ever so slightly. I think Charles Leclerc deciding to consolidate and, and bank the points for second pace rather than trying to push too hard from uh, learning from Immler, perhaps. So Drivers' Championship standing Sainz in 5th on 53 points, George Russell in 4th on 59 points, Sergio Perez in 3rd on 66 points, uh, Verstappen 2nd close that gap as I said on 85 points. And Charles Leclerc is still leading out front on a hundred and four points. So he's got a uh, he's got a, a gap that is diminishing, but it's uh, it's still a, a nineteen point gap. So it's as comfortable as I suppose you could hope for at this stage. Really, if you'd have said at the beginning of the season we'll be this number of races in and you'll have a nineteen point lead, you'd have probably taken that. But given it was uh, it was forty odd at one point, it has diminished quite quickly but certainly close the Constructors' Championship right up. McLaren in fourth on 46 points, a bit of a gap to Mercedes in third on 95 points, and then there's a bit of a gap to Red Bull on 151 points, but then a teeny tiny gap uh, to Ferrari leading on 157 points. So, Constructors' Championship looking, uh, looking very, 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 very close indeed. Couple of thoughts for the uh, just sum up the weekend and and where we're going. I mean, Russell leading Lewis home. Lots of chat about Lewis and and a rift at Mercedes, a rift with Toto, and arguments and whatever else. Um, certainly, I mean, it's got to be frustrating for Lewis. I'm I'm not going to go as far as uh, as a lot of people have been saying that that's it. The changing of the guard is official now. Lewis is the spent force, and George is the favourite and the number one, and this that the other. Uh, I think it's too early in their time together, and and too early in this development of the car to uh, to tell. I think it's probably fair to say that they've both been running different setups, different different theories, different ways of, of trying to get around their porpoising issue, and and seeing what they can get out of the car. And to, you know, to gather in theory twice the amount of data, or at least uh, you double the range of data if you go two different ways on setups. Rather than having both the cars on on the same setup, then then go in different directions and and take the feedback and see what works better. Um, but 59 points for George Russell and 36 points for Lewis. At this early stage, it's uh, that's that's more than than I think George could have, uh, have possibly hoped for. He's always shown himself to be uh, to be an incredible talent, but to go up against Lewis, statistically the greatest and arguably the greatest of all time. And to be on not far off double the number of points after a few races is uh, is encouraging for George. Whether this carries on as uh, as the car develops, uh, if they can solve the issues and then the car becomes more to Lewis's liking, you know, is is it just out of George's um, experience in in driving bad cars and and having to wring the neck of uh, of an unruly car? Lewis has, has had many years being comfortable in the Mercedes, will have with a fairly consistent and evolutionary design. Yeah, maybe it's it's a, a change for the pair of them. But actually, this year's Mercedes is more akin in the way it drives to previous years. Williams, is that helping George, or or is George just the real deal? Is is he really that good? Uh, only time will tell. But it's uh, it's certainly been a, a very good start to uh, to George's Mercedes career in terms of measuring himself against his teammate. Eh? I'm sure he'd uh, he'd wish he was battling for first and second, and, and they had the dominant car of old. But I suspect if you ask George, would you rather be second in a dominant car or beating your teammate in a not-so-dominant car, well, neither scenario results in him winning the championship. So actually, out of the pair of them, you'd probably have to say, well, I'd rather dominate my teammate than finish second in the best car all the time. So um, yeah, we shall uh, we shall see. But um, we're heading into uh, the European season now. So it's Barcelona next, traditionally Barcelona is where we've always had a few upgrades uh, or lots of the teams bring bring almost a B-spec car, I think in the era of a budget cap and limited on, on wind tunnel time and how much money, you can't just throw money at the car anymore to make it better. Uh, so quite telling that we haven't seen any significant developments from, uh, or I don't think even any developments from Ferrari since the season started. Uh, will they bring a big uh, big update to Barcelona and get back on top again um, or will they uh, have a little fiddle around with the engine and and are they focusing on that to bring a bit more power to try and address the, the straight line speed? I think the straight line speed is, is where the main deficit is or at the very least it's where it leaves them vulnerable at the moment. You'd say on single lap pace uh, Charles seems to have the, the measure of, of the field really and, and seems to be banging in pole position seemingly at will. So overall across a lap the Ferrari is quicker, but if the Red Bull can get past on the straight and then maintain that for a couple of corners and then run and hide it, it if it can get past with that straight line pace, the straight line pace makes it a very tricky car to overtake. So um, both both cars generating their lap time in, in two very different ways, so one slightly quicker over a single lap but one proving better in a race situation we shall wait and see but could do with a slightly better performance out of uh, out of carlos i think it's um just a slight a slight dip in form and, uh, and he just needs to get his head back in the game i think i think carlos is a, is a quality driver still vastly underrated uh, so if he can uh, if he can get his head together and get his get his weekends together and have a a steady weekend he was he was looking good and and building up to it well up until the point that he went off um but that that seems to be the story of the, the last couple of races it's going very well until it isn't um we shall uh, we shall see if he can uh, get more up to to charles's level because I mean we we saw last year carlos was more than capable of beating charles over the course of a season or are we just seeing that that step up in charles's game now he knows that he's got a uh, potential title winning car under him as he just made that that little extra step so uh, yeah, be uh, be interesting to see. Yeah, not too many uh, talking points from the actual race itself, but plenty of talking points around the weekend, as always. And uh, yeah, ov- overall, it was uh, it was a good weekend. It was an enjoyable uh, weekend. It was certainly a spectacle to watch. I think slightly too heavy on the uh, the celebrities and the glitz and the glamour, but ultimately, if it uh, if it enhances Formula One's reputation in America and helps the American market and maybe get one or two more races in uh, in America. I must admit being able to, to go out and about on a Sunday, do whatever you want during the day and then come back and watch the race as you're having your dinner in the evening or, or over a few beers in the evening is quite quite pleasant compared to it being slap bang in the middle of the day and, and taking up all the uh, the sunshine hours or when you want to be out having Sunday lunch or whatever it is. So um, yeah, all, uh, all in favour of American races. They work well for most Europeans' time scale, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how uh, how that goes. Maybe you just need uh, an American driver on the grid, so we shall see. Uh, but that's about it from uh, from me. Do get in touch with us, we are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere. Do drop us a line with your thoughts on the race or, or anything you'd like to hear on, uh, on these rundowns. And uh, yeah, we've got a, a couple of other podcasts out at the minute and in the middle of being edited. We've had the SMMT test day recently so part one is already out part two will be along very very shortly uh hopefully Andrew's had a, an easier job of editing this than some of uh, some of my ramblings from the SMMT day so we'll uh, we'll see how he gets on uh but thank you very much for listening take care wherever wherever you are listening to us and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time bye for now UK Motor Talk a first take media production